Family meeting at 10. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. Uh, here we are. That's right. Yeah. Uh, past the halfway point onto episode four. Yeah, indeed. Grace, still dead. That's right. Yeah. Great news. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're all still pleased as punch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not much else to report. We, uh, we psyched ourselves up for this podcast by watching the last half hour of the movie Lily. Oh, man. You know... <laughs> Oh, guys. Listen, I could literally spend this entire podcast <laughs> discussing the short story, The Man Who Hated People, <laughs> the film Lily, and the resulting Broadway musical Carnival starring Jerry Orbach. Yeah. Um, but I won't. No, because, because that's not... Because you deserve better from me. <laughs> she deserved better from those puppets. Doesn't mean she got it. Look, I'm just saying Kay Ballard is a goddess and none of us deserved her while she was still alive. Good to know. Okay. All At right. any rate... On to Peaky Blinders. A stag! What is this, Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, sadly, you know, they wish. Um, you know what, though? I wouldn't want this show to be like Game of Thrones. Well, I wouldn't want well, it Well, I've been pissed off at Game of Thrones, like, right. the back half of this season. I'm like, uh, I'm, where did your balls go, Game of Thrones? <laughs> right. It's It's been somewhat disappointing, in our opinion. Um, you know, those who are interested in hearing more on this... Can I uh, listen to Boris Gorn Swords featuring a very special guest star? It me. <laughs> That's right. I will be on uh, today, mm-hmm. presumably, when all of these things drop. Right. Uh, yeah, but I'll be talking about it with Ivan and Red and uh, mounting what is sure to be an unpopular defense of Ramsey Snow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's great. Um, th- no, I just meant in terms of they wish that everybody watched this show and cared about it like they do. Oh, uh, well, everybody yeah. wishes that about every show, Tom. Right. Uh, but, you know. Pee Blinders more deserving than most. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think plenty of people watch it. I think so, but people don't I talk about like it. it's like the walking dead of the UK. I was pitching it to my coworkers. I think I, I made some converts. So. Like Killian Murphy? You got to lead with Killian Murphy. Well, you know. Because everyone wants to fuck that dude. Agreed, if they know who he is, but I feel like he doesn't quite have the profile to be certain. All that... you have to say is that he played the Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Uh, yeah, and that's if they true. don't know about that, well, then fuck him. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay. Anyway. Back to the stag. Right. Uh, the stag gets shot Eek. as Red Right Hand kicks in. Uh, just regular ass version, so sure. things seem to be normal. <laughs> the Shelbys walk toward its glassy dead eye, and then they go back to the house on their horses looking cool as fuck. Yeah, like they do. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't their house. It was a bonfire. Right. And it's apparently Good Friday. I just always appreciate any show that is like doing the catholic culture thing right that locates um, its action within the liturgical calendar exactly right. it's like is this ordinary time <laughs> is it advent what's going on what color is the priest's uh yeah yeah anyway all that aside yeah uh on good friday killian tells finn and arthur to come over and he's received a letter saying their dad is dead in boston some whore named rosie rice yeah uh who killian points out was nice enough to write to them that their dad died so like let's not be (laughs) casting stones at this poor whore uh but she was with his dad on his deathbed and their father begged his son's forgiveness and killian says that the only thing their father ever taught them was to kill and cut a stag so the stag is to remember him by before they forget him and let his name die. He just tells all of his brothers who have pregnant wives. He's like, hey, uh, you're not going to name your son after our dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, Arthur, I know I don't even have to like say this to you. <laughs> yeah. And Arthur's like, yeah, thank you. 
Um, so yeah, he uh, then, sucks to you, dad. Yeah. And then he says there's going to be a robbery. So this is the robbery that he has been keeping a secret from them all this bloody time. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, their dad taught them more than that. They taught them what it's like to be raised by a terrible father. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's... Well, I assume they learned, you know, tarot readings and, uh, palm readings. Yeah. And and... All, you know, all his tricks. <laughs> Although I don't, he wasn't a gypsy though, right? Wasn't it his mother was their mother was a gypsy and the dad wasn't? I think that's true. I don't. I think their dad was the gypsy, and the mom wasn't. Yeah, because she's a Diddy Koi whore. Oh right. So she presumably was a whore servicing the Diddy Koi, because <laughs> yeah, well, Polly that's... Polly is the relation to their father, mm-hmm. and she is gypsy as fuck. Right. So I think he was the when he was See, the one telling fortunes and stealing horses. That's okay. a gypsy. That's okay. a gypsy All right. jam. No, you're right. He was the gypsy. Uh, you know, if we were speaking Latin, then Diddy Koi whore would be unambiguous as to whether she was a whore who was Diddy Koi. I'm well aware of <laughs> Latin, Tom. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. I took two years of it and never got out of the Latin one primer. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Latin, we cut to a Catholic church. Where Polly comes in, says she wants to confess, and the priest is like, you can't confess on Good Friday, dummy. Uh, she says her name is Shelby, and the priest is like, fine. I guess I don't want my church burned down. <laughs> <laughs> so in the booth, she says that she can't sleep, even though uh, she does these night vigils. I've never had any goddamn respect for a vigil or a novena. Well, I'm like, if God doesn't hear you the first time, he just ain't listening. Well, they figure maybe he's not as busy at night, you know. <laughs> uh, did they know about the different time zones at this time? <laughs> uh, she says that her real name is Elizabeth Gray and that she hears a voice that calls her a murderer. He asks if she is a murderer and she says yes. So that clears that mystery yeah, up. Yeah, duh. Right? Uh, then there's a knock on the door. Polly says that she doesn't want to confess a murder. What she wants to confess is feeling no regret. Uh, and that the unjust taking of life is a sin. And this is about Sam Neill. Right. So she's saying, oh, I kill a policeman and I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> and the priest is like, but all life is sacred. And she's like, nah, no, nah, I feel good about that one. Yeah, turns, and I agree with her. Yeah, it turns out some life sucks. Sam Neill was a bad person yeah. and he needed to be stopped. Yeah. Because he was just going to keep saying, grace <laughs> until that was no longer an option. Right. And, you know. Uh, Trying to kill Tommy Shelby. Yeah. And the, you know, sexual coercion. Yes. I mean, I would not even call that coercion. Right. I would call that a straight up rape. Yeah. Uh, I forgot exactly what went down. I just remembered it being. Well, she was trying to get horrible. Michael released from prison. Yeah, and then he was like trying to humiliate her. Yeah, and then ugh, anyway, yeah. let's not. So let's go yeah. back there. Moving but- on. Uh, yeah, Polly says that she's going to have to kill a holy man and then leaves. And then the priest comes out and is like, "Worst Good Friday ever." Yeah, including the one that Jesus had. <laughs> Uh, back at the, where is it? So it's like the offices that used to be where they ran the books, right? Yeah. Like the, I don't know what you call it. The, the bed, the betting parlor. Right. Right. But now it's like headquarters. Cause I never see anybody coming in to bet. Yeah. Although apparently that's why they're there. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think we just haven't seen it open during business hours. Anyway, in there, Esme is pissed that she never has any fun and the boys get to go off and cut a stag while she is stuck there. And Polly comes in and uh, tells Esme to get on with work and yeah. not complaining. Polly forgot the safe combination, but Lizzie knows it. 
she says, Tommy talks in his sleep, and I'm like, hasn't he changed the combinations since that was going on? <laughs> right. Uh, Esme keeps snorting something, but it's unclear what. We're pretty sure it's monstrous rails of cocaine. Right. And it she's seems... five months pregnant. Yeah. So Ooh, yeah. I think we can all rest assured the Shelby madness will still be <laughs> present in this baby. Yeah. Um, Lizzie then announces that she is sleeping with Tommy occasionally when he like needs to, yeah. which has pretty much always been her thing. Yeah. He's like, Hey, I need to have sex. And she's like, well, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cause she specifies it's not sleeping exactly hard to sleep when you're bent over a desk. Yeah. Well, and I can attest that is true. <laughs> so, uh, whether it's for work or for sex, <laughs> Back out at the bonfire, Tommy explains the heist that they're about to pull, and Michael says, hey, uh, should I be here for this? <laughs> like, the literal whole point of me <laughs> is keeping me out of the criminal side of our dealings. Right, where this seems like our most criminal activity. <laughs> <laughs> but Tommy says that he needs to know, Michael does, and he explains the cut and that if the heist goes well, they will all be officially legit. And none of them even bother saying, we've heard this before. (laughs) They know there's no point. Arthur and Charlie both have misgivings about this particular heist. And Curly tells Tommy that he shouldn't have killed the stag. I don't know why these people don't just listen to fucking Curly. Yeah. They all act like because he's slow, he doesn't know anything. But that motherfucker knows all about animals and which ones are a bad omen and stuff. So Mm -hmm. like... If you're going to go let this lady tell you that that sapphire was cursed, right. then listen to Curly. Yeah. Well, they can't... Un- He's the horse whisperer. You can't unkill a stag, sadly. Well, they should have consulted with him before they did it. Perhaps so, but they didn't. And now Tommy says it's time to cook some meat. There's a bit... That's the uh, rejected slogan of a Dunkin' Donuts spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> time to cook some meat? Yeah. Well, they always do. It's time to cook the donuts, or they always did. It was oh. a classic catchphrase. Of I think this predates our me. Nostalgia. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, it was like, "Where's the beef?" Except time to cook some donuts. Ugh. Yeah. All of this makes me not hungry. Well, I know that which was... is probably good. Yeah, I could stand to lose some weight. <laughs> There's a bang at the door at the offices, and Linda comes in and says she heard they were short-handed that day and brought sandwiches and lemonade. Of course, she did. Linda says Jesse Eden is planning to put her female workers in protest in sympathy with, I forget who they're in sympathy with, but it's a socialist thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And she says that all oppressed women are invited to join. And Linda says that she thinks God is on the marcher's side. Yeah, because they're all like, oh, you God lady getting Mm -hmm. involved in this thing. And someone knocks on the door and Polly says to fuck it. Let's go to the bull ring. And they get to walk to the bull (laughs) ring looking cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. This never happens for the women. But they're all fucking walking. And like Mm -hmm. Esme's like wiping coke off of her nose. And she's five months pregnant. Oh, they're balling out. Polly is like smoking a cigarette. Even Linda looks baller as fuck. Yeah. She's Linda. (laughs) (laughs) This is maybe the most feminist thing I've ever seen on television. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. It was so great. It just made me so happy. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, this is the saddest thing about being a woman to me. All it takes to make me happy is this bullshit. <laughs> this wasn't an actual victory for anyone. They're still getting paid shit compared to the guys. Yeah, but they're marching about it. They are know. marching about it. Yeah. Anyway, I was really glad when that happened. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, back at the house, 
Michael asks if someone is the foolish man, which is a reference to when Tommy introduced the robbery. He was like, we've been asked to perform this by a very foolish man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Michael thinks somebody is. Tommy's like, no, not quite. Uh, and he goes into his library to find Tatiana there. Uh, and Tatiana says that she wants proof that the priest is a traitor. And Tommy says that the proof is his word and that he is out of the conspiracy unless the priest is killed. Tatiana, Tatiana asks if he's always so violent, and he says that he had a bigger problem killing a stag than he would killing this particular priest, which is understandable. The stag never, you know, tied him up and set a dog on him. So. Yeah, that's true. He didn't actually set the dog on him. I know, but he was like... I could. Yeah. He was like, don't push me, because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> right. He then asks if Tatiana is part of the deal, and she's like, uh, yeah. And that had really kind of been made clear like, from the beginning. Have, like, yeah. Like, from the very first time you saw her, I was like, well, clearly this is the big bad vagina out to get Tommy Shelby this year. Right. She was always like, feel free to insert yourself inside me if that's what's called for. Yeah. I've been given my instructions. But then John comes in <laughs> and says that Polly, Esme, and Lizzie have gone on strike. And uh, so Tommy explains to Tatiana what their business is. And it's that basically they're... that Good Friday is like the biggest gambling day of the year, which seems weird to me. It does seem weird, but it's like, you know, a holiday weekend. I think the thing that the women were protesting is that the men weren't let off or something on Good Friday. It was something. Yeah, well, they all like they were all just out like, you know, having their man time and cooking a stag and like mm-hmm. getting drunk. And the women are all back there still having to work. Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Listen. Anyway. We don't remember. (laughs) Let's not fight about something we don't even remember. Yeah. So Tommy asks if Linda was with the Strikers, and uh, yep, she was. It was her idea. She's a smart woman. According to Tommy. That's right. Uh, Then he tells John to put a nail in the tire of the Bentley out front, which is Tatiana's, uh, so that he can fuck Tatiana. Zing! (laughs) Well, no, she's like, why put a... I'm giving her a French accent. Right. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, she wants to know why he's putting a tire in the... The Bentley. Oh, right. A nail in the tire. This is like the old woman who swallowed a fly. (laughs) Uh, And he says it, so neither of them can change their minds. (sighs) Tommy Shelby, I know where you're going. Because I've been there myself. <laughs> but I think it's a really important part of consenting adult sexual relationships. Even if it's part of a really twisted business arrangement. <laughs> right. Everybody needs an exit strategy. No, this is very much like a Dennis on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia plan. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what the mashup... Nobody does mashup tumblers anymore. Well, yeah, that's like, true. What is this, five years ago? <laughs> but like, it's always sunny in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Peaky Philadelphia. I don't know. I think it's but, always I sunny mean, in, Phil- oh, in, in Birmingham. Yeah, it's the way to go. His tools. He needs his tools. <laughs> Back at the office, Esme opens the safe and goes inside. Uh, whoa? Well, perhaps the combination should not have been discussed in her presence. John uh, has come in and catches her, and they have a big old fight of hitting each other. <laughs> Esme says that Polly just didn't finish the account, the count, and John accuses her of stealing. And she runs at him, and he says that he told her to lay off the snow until the baby's born. And yeah. uh, she was like, literally, fuck you. She was like, you know what actually is great? Cocaine. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> uh, John says 
Well, she says that she feels trapped. She hates having to live in the city in a house. She's used to her wandering mm-hmm. gypsy ways. Mm-hmm. But John says, you know, once once this last deal is done, they'll buy a house that she used to live in in Litchfield uh, that her family was turned out of. And they'll have a lot of land so she won't feel trapped. She can just take a cart and a tent anytime she wants and go. Uh, John says that everything's going to change for them and they start making out. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope so because this concern, cause I love Esme, but I hate that she's being so confined. Right. Also, Litchfield, like Orange is the New Black. I know. <laughs> Tatiana and Tommy Shelburne are in a bedroom, mm-hmm. but Tatiana points out that it is not his bedroom where he slept with his wife. Uh, she talks about the fact that she uh, does not ride horses, drink whiskey, or enjoy cars. You know, she'll take a Bentley if you got one, yeah. but it's not like she enjoys it. I mean, everyone would take a Bentley if they had the option. <laughs> I know I would. I know you would. Killian says that diamonds are her only love, and she says that they're just currency. She says that Ma Russia loves jewels, and uh, she believes that she still shoves them up her hoo-ha just for kicks. You know, I mean, maybe she's doing her kegels, you know? She wants a little, uh, she wants a little challenge to keep it tight. Well, look, she's like, you know what? I used to think I would never have to smuggle jewels in my vagina. Now that I know it's a possibility, I'm gonna stay in practice. Mm-hmm. It could happen again anytime. It's true. Yeah. When you're Russian, anything could happen. <laughs> Tatiana asks what Tommy's weakness is. She thinks that it's sex. He says that he can get a fuck anytime he wants. Like, and the way he says it is one of my favorite line readings because it's so dismissive. Like, he calls her love. Uh-huh. He's just like, don't be so naive. Like, I fuck. Yeah. Uh, but she thinks that what he likes is boning down with high-class broads such like herself. And uh, I would dispute the level of classiness that she actually possesses. I understand. But, like, you know, I mean, compared to Lizzie, you know, what do you want? That's true. I mean, compared to Grace, for that matter. Yeah, Grace was no duchess. Mm-mm. She was a spy. <laughs> a terrible spy. And her singing stopped them in fighting Grr! and made them cry. That's my least favorite line reading. <laughs> <laughs> she says that as a duchess, she can show him the kind of life that he could live, then grabs his gun and runs out of the room. You know, that Russian dude literally tried to warn him about this, and he ignored it. <laughs> yeah. Like, haven't you read Red Mars? <laughs> yeah. Go to Maya Toitovna! Right. Like, don't do what Donnie don't does. <laughs> She's running around and starts bragging to him about how powerful Tommy Shelby is as he tries to get the gun away from her, which seems like a great idea to me because she's totally batshit. Yeah, maybe she should not have a gun. She says to let a duchess show him something, and she wants to play Russian roulette, which is really on the... Like, even for this show. (laughs) Steve Knight, get it together. She's Russian. It's right in the name. Come on. (laughs) I would like to think they call it something else. You know, like, uh, you know, the suicide shooting game. Or, like, something different, you know? Like, the way that nobody calls uh, New York the Big Apple. Right. Or, you know, San Francisco Frisco, if they actually live there. They're like, uh, it's the city? We call it death spin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he like agrees or something. Well, she she just does it, uh, and then she, like he takes the gun away yeah, after and he takes the bullet out. Yeah, uh, he tells her to go to bed, and she gets naked. And I have to say, her underclothes are super cute. Yeah, I may not like her, but she is rocking something really amazing under those clothes. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So Tatiana starts bossing the maid around. While, you know, semi-nude. Yeah. And Killian gets even more pissed. And she already had said something to him about, like, why did you fuck me in a bedroom? This is your house. Mm-hmm. Like... You can fuck whoever you want. You can fuck whoever you want. Your servants aren't people. Yeah. She's like, you can fuck me right here in the living room and make your servants watch. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, she also says something that usually the maid who comes is the one who's in love with the master Mm -hmm. late at night. Uh, but I like Killian would never have a maid who was in love with him. Like, yeah. I just don't think he would. I don't know. I mean, well, not intentionally. No. But I think the maid, you know, I think there was something there. The maid, cause I mean, the maid is standing there where she says that. Oh, but she's too old for him. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that he's in love with her. It means that she's in love with him. You don't know how love works, Tom. Have you ever been a maid? Yes. No, like, I mean, I was a janitor one time. Come on. It's very Gosford Park, right? It is very Gosford Park. Like, you know, which one one of them was super into the master right uh emily watson your girl emily watson loved him yeah that's true they were like together yeah that's right okay yeah Yeah. anyway yeah but he still loved her back i mean he wasn't gonna marry her right in this case he loved her back but that doesn't mean that was a standard this made is much more of a helen mirren situation with clive owen all right i think i think she views him as like a son all right at any rate Killian gets really pissed off at Tatiana and she says, Oh, I finally figured out your freedom is weakness is freedom, madness and killing. And she says that she is the first one who understands him. And I am like, incorrect. It was that one horse bitch. Right. And Grace's portrait smirks at him. This is a terrible portrait. <laughs> yes. This is not as bad not as quite. the portrait of Rose Selfridge. Right. But it is way up there yeah, on the scale of terrible fake portraits. Really not good. This was not painted by Ruben. No, it was not. Yeah. So Tatiana goes into his bedroom and says that she put on Grace's perfume uh, and then asks again for proof that the priest is a spy. Killian says that he gave his word and she says, fine, he can kill the priest and from now on he could do everything he wants to do uh, and she kisses him. And it's boring. Well, after all I this. Just, I don't find her interesting because she's wrong about what his weakness is. I think his weakness is his family. Yeah, I think and, that's fair. But also his weakness is women in the sense that it's like he can never make the right choice for himself. Right. And he can't I think he look, knows I that think he there's... can't ever quite control the women in his life right. in a way that isn't it doesn't serve him to know that. Right. I think there is something to his, you know, nouveau riche struggles. I agree, that... but I also think that it's better to treat your servants like people. And that's just, that's a right. me thing. No, no, no. That's, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm right. projecting my 21st century ideals. Right. And I think that's fine. I agree with that. I'm just saying that beyond just that aspect of it, there's a part of him that just feels out of place in this, you know, legitimate environment. And mm-hmm. that is kind of a weakness of his. And I think it is why he keeps getting sucked back into things. And why he bought that, cur- or gave Grace that cursed sapphire. <laughs> right. Okay. That's all fair. Uh, so in the morning, Killian tells Mary, Who's the, maid, the maid, yeah, that uh, there will be two for breakfast. But she says that Tatiana left and took his car. Uh, and she's like, "Why did that happen?" And she says that Tatiana said that it was okay, and she believed her because of the way she said it. So okay, Mary kind of confirming what Tatiana said, and is yeah. like, "Dude, you should really treat me less like a person." Mm-hmm. Look, Mary, we don't even have time to get into this whole servant master <laughs> Stockholm syndrome thing. Yeah. For that, please. Refer to all of our podcasts about Downton Abbey. <laughs> right. Killian pulls up to the bedding parlor office in the Bentley. 
and uh, Arthur and John ask how Tatiana was. Killian says talkative, and he keeps insisting that it was business, and they're mm-hmm. all kind of like, mm. right? But we we saw her. Well, that's the thing too. I think he always thinks that he can separate his business from his sex drive and his feelings. Right, right. But he can't actually do that. Right, that's true. Um, they're trying to figure out how to break into the Russian's house, and they have a map of it. And they agree to try to get the butler to hire this random Russian kid to work there for a month, and they'll give him one of the pubs they took off the Italians when they ruined their lives. Um, Lizzie tells Killian that the head of the bookies union will see him now, uh, which I just now realized meant Polly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was like, why? (laughs) How do they have a union? (laughs) They, uh, They do now. So Killian heads into sort of the main common area where Polly is there, hungover. Uh, and the women tell Killian about Jesse Eden and how great that was, and he's uh, somewhat intrigued. He asks if they want a separate lavatory. So that's one of the things. Jesse Eden and her women are marching for equal treatment in the workplace and having their own women's lavatory and mm-hmm. you know better pay, all that. Right, right. Esme says that they want to know about the robbery that he's not telling the women about uh, because Arthur told Linda and Linda told Esme. Polly says that she will talk to Tommy. Well, she sends everybody out. Okay, yeah. Okay, right. And Polly says that they can trust Lizzie, but not Esme. Uh, They've never been able to trust Esme. No. At any point. Right, even before the cocaine addiction. Yeah. There may never have been a before the cocaine addiction, actually. I think there was. I mean, I think the thing is, if they had really given her a responsibility that she felt good about and like at least made her feel like her opinion mattered, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be in this position where they really can't trust her now. Right. Like as long as they pretended to trust her, they could have remained in control of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's not like she listens to John. Right. That's true. Nobody does or potentially should. Um, so Polly asks if he made progress last night with his business discussion and says that John says that Tatiana looks like a film actress. Uh, specifically, I forget the name, but she was Charlie Chaplin's uh, kind of most common leading lady. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't really see the resemblance myself. She, she looks like a silent film actress, uh-huh. sort of generally. But anyway. Killian blurts out that there's not any discipline in their company, which seems to be true. Yeah. Uh, and Polly says that he's grieving, and he says that they can't be involved in politics, even as a joke. She wound up drawing more uh, spectators as a completely drunk out of her mind, like, ironic contributor to this thing, and, like, fell off of a wagon. Uh, you know, she was openly clamoring for revolution and that he should kill all the men. Again, I would have watched the fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, and she asks if he told Arthur about the priest, and he says that he did not. The priest goes to see... The priest that Polly talked to and confirms that he is marked for death. Yeah. So maybe that confession wasn't a great idea. Yeah. Maybe you should have stuck with the no confessing on Good Friday rule, but here we are. Killian goes to see Linda to talk to her about the Russian business, and he wants to know if she's planning to stop Arthur, but she says it's up to Arthur. Killian says that Arthur will walk away with 30,000 pounds, and Linda negotiates up to 42,000. Yeah. And how is this show making me like Linda now? I know. She was good. This is great. This scene was incredible. Yeah. This was as good as the scene uh, that we talked about last week. Right, right. With uh, the gun. The gun, yeah. yeah. And... 
Killian sits down to tea. She won't let him smoke inside. And Killian wants to know what she'll do with the money. And they want to go to California and run a general store with the Quakers. So she's a Quaker, yes. which explains a lot of things. Yes, it Because does. they will be like preaching. Like Quakers never make you do anything you don't want to do. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, this is such a great plan. She mm-hmm. thinks the being near the ocean and away from the soot and the city will be good for Arthur and he can finally let go of the demons from the war. Yeah. And I'm like, this is actually, a, this is the best plan literally anybody has made for Arthur because it doesn't involve him killing anyone. <laughs> right. And Killian asks when the baby is due and she says September and the robbery is in June. So the timing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Polly is back posing for her portrait, portrait for Reuben, and uh, she says that she has taken a vow never to have sex again. Uh, she says that she thinks men are hilarious when they want to have sex. And he says some – she says they're like dogs, and he gets angry at her basically and says, yeah, and you've like never taken up the leash with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then she makes a face that indicates that no man is good enough for her, and he likes it for the painting, so – yeah. Uh, this all continues. Yes. They're adorable. I'm sure it's going to end horribly. (laughs) At the festival, the priest makes merry with his congregation. I'm assuming this is an Easter festival. Yeah. Yeah. We think this song is called Bad Habits because they keep saying it over again. Right. This seems like a likely explanation. Killian scopes him out for like killing purposes and he goes into like a quiet place. I think the lavatory. It seems that way. Yeah. He draws his gun. He pushes in and somebody jumps him. A fight ensues. The bad guys win and they take Killian out on a stretcher. And this is a long fight. Yeah. This is. I was too entranced to catalog everybody's movements. But they beat the fuck out of Killian. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. It's long and brutal. And. Like I could, you could just see, like from the moment Killian like opens the door, I was like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is an ambush, you dummy!" Like he's look, he's pretty dumb. Yeah, for a guy who managed to overthrow the entire crime syndicate governing England, yeah, like, yeah. pretty stupid. Yeah, at times. So then we see the odd fellows bickering about Killian not being conscious enough for their plans. Uh, so that's never a good sign. Uh, but he's conscious enough to reveal that he wanted to kill the priest for passing information to the Soviets. Uh, they kick him some more, which is not going to help their whole consciousness no. plan, people. Uh, so he passes out and gets injected with something. So the priest tells Tommy that he is going to have to clear him, the priest, uh, of this suspicion and apologize in front of the Russians because, in fact, he is passing info to the Soviet embassy on behalf of Section D. A.K.A. The Odd Fellows. A.K.A. Winston Churchill. Yeah. Uh, and then he once again threatens Killian's son. Which who even cares? Uh, yeah. I don't care about this baby. Right. Like, I appreciate Killian when he's with him, but it's like, <sighs> this is why Tommy Shelby never should have gotten himself involved with a woman or had a baby. Yeah, it really should Because this was never not going to be an option for him. Even if they are able to go legit after all this, there's still people who are going to want revenge on him. Yeah, yeah. At Killian's library, uh, Mary bursts in where he's recovering, and she asks why he sacked all of the soldiers on staff, which, of course, is because he assumes the easiest way, because uh, mm-hmm. the priest has told him they have men like in his house. You know, People have access, which I don't know why he told him that, because he already knew that, because there was that crematorium right, I know. card. Anyway, yeah. Steve Knight, <laughs> get your show Bible in order. Um <laughs> But, you know, so obviously he doesn't want any trained men around to murder his son. (laughs) 
Um, he tells her that he never wants Charlie unattended and that she is to take care of the random security force, which will be cropping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he says that he needs David, who presumably is the one man left, uh, who's yeah. their chauffeur. He needs David to drive him to London. And then Killian calls Arthur and he tells Arthur that the government want to sabotage the robbery. He asks after a list of gypsies and kin only that uh, John has made. Mm-hmm. And Arthur wants to know why, but Killian hangs up the phone. Yeah. Because uh, those are the only people you can trust. Gypsies and kin. Basically. Yeah. That's the only people I would call. Right. And I hate half of my family. Who are you going to call? Gypsies and kin. Doesn't really scan. It doesn't at all. Shouldn't have. Should have abandoned that. Yeah, you really should have. Made a mistake. You made a big mistake. <laughs> Not as big as anyone on any episode of Peaky Blinders. That but. is correct. <laughs> Ada answers the phone and it's Tommy. And he says that he needs her to get him a meeting with the Soviet embassy. The priest is telling the Russians uh, at dinner that Killian received bad information and calls Tatiana a bad girl. And I really hate this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad he didn't kill him. Me too. Killian snorts some coke and like staggers to the concierge's podium and I think gives him more money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But Killian comes in and apologizes for his lateness and the priest offers him a drink and he declines. Killian says that he, oh wait, Killian apologized to the concierge. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. he goes in and says he came to apologize. The priest feeds him the apology and it's got a very creepy like BDSM vibe. Right. He makes him, uh, he starts babbling about the act of contrition and then makes Killian recite it. And then somebody like tries to come in with food and the priest is like, get, get, get out of here. <laughs> And uh, the priest makes Killian replace God's name in the act of contrition with the priest's own name. If I hadn't already known that this priest is a bad person, yeah, any priest who puts themselves on par with God is a bad priest. Yeah, a uh, priest is supposed to be a servant, even though they have often been treated as kings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's getting way too deep into my Catholic identity. <laughs> right. Um. So Killian gets all the way through this and the priest suggests ordering food. Uh, Killian says he isn't well and can't stay and leaves. Also, he told them he would never swallow food in front of that priest. They did, and yeah. if they think being half dead <laughs> is going to sway Tommy, uh, Tommy Shelby from not eating yeah. with that priest, they got another thing coming. Also, are the Russians really like, well, this completely resolves the situation? That's my question. Like, I'm like, this just makes this guy seem even more suspicious right. than he did before. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. Like... It just seems like such a tactical error mm-hmm. for such a clandestine organization as the Oddfellows to make. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a person who clearly now is so personally invested in, yeah. in this feud. I'm like, he's not going to do what you want him to do either. Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. But Killian arrives at Ada's and asks for cocaine. She's That's- like, no, try Esme. <laughs> And she introduces him to the special advisor to the Soviet consul. And he tells them that their informant is crooked and that the government wants them to commit violent acts on British soil to force the British government to break off diplomatic relations. The Russians ask why he's telling them this, and he says because it's his family that will be sacrificed in said violent Mm -hmm. acts. So Ada assures them that he, Tommy, can be trusted and then hustles him out. And he tells Ada to get him to a hospital because he has had a concussion, a hemorrhage, and internal bleeding, and he can't see anything. Uh, except you, Dad. I can see you. This was such a shocking turn. Mm-hmm. This was a great episode. It was a great episode. Uh, one of the best episodes ever, I think. Like, mm-hmm. just so, it was breakneck pace. But just, yeah, and the whole, you know, last 
10, 15 minutes after so many, Tommy gets so beat up. So many surprises. Just with, him, like, forcing yeah. himself physically through everything. Yeah, a lot of surprises. Linda was so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're finally getting to the bottom of what the fuck is really going on here. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, doesn't look great for the Shelbys. It doesn't look great you know for the what? Shelbys. This show is like Entourage as well. In that, like, <laughs> I know no matter what happens, <laughs> these dudes are just going to, you know, they're going to go to uh park city utah mm-hmm. and they're gonna get the aquaman movie from james cameron <laughs> and e and vince are gonna high five and then snowboard like yeah. it's gonna be totally fine <laughs> <laughs> that is true but how they get there is a bit of a mystery at this point yeah i mean but i felt that way every season oh yeah every for sure. season we get to the fourth episode and i'm like well how the fuck how are they gonna get out of this bucket of syrup exactly yeah that's pat oswald yeah hazard i was like where did that voice come from in my head <laughs> pat oswald yes as it turns out he's our god <laughs> uh yeah so uh we'll see you next time yep by order of the peaky blinders <laughs>